Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, Really excited to engage in a conversation that I think for most of us, we've been looking forward to for longer than one year's time, a preliminary discussion around reopening. And uh, I've got with me today uh, our inspiration pastor who oversees everything related to our Sunday services, Tom Lowen. So Tom, say hi to everyone, first off. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Uh, Why don't you start, first of all, just by giving us a bit of an update on how things are going on in your world, and then we'll dive into what I think will be a really exciting conversation. All right, yeah. Uh, Things are good. Uh, I mean, personally, things are going good. We're sort of like everyone. We're trying to be tough and fight through uh, this last little stretch here, we feel, where we got to... Uh, stick to some of these uh, these measures and get through this stay-at-home order. Uh, but generally speaking, we're loving the, the warm weather and the weekends and the gardening, and our kids are doing great. Uh, you know, around uh, around the church stuff, we're feeling good. Our team is exhausted, I think, a little bit, but at the same time, we're feeling uh, we're feeling like God has been up to some really great things uh, in our church and in and for our ministry, and we're feeling like. Uh, yeah, it's it's been hard, but really worth it to stay engaged. So I will say that as we get into this conversation about reopening, I am looking forward to uh, not having to lead worship in my living room to a camera with my kids running around and batteries dying in the middle of takes and all that kind of stuff. That's uh, been just a fun challenge. It's been a really good learning opportunity, but uh, I I just can't wait to be back in a room with people again. And uh, super super excited for what I think won't feel like it's too 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 far away. Hmm. Reminds me of the pastor buddy of mine very early on in the pandemic that said, "I I I pledged my whole life that I would never become a televangelist, and yeah. here I am." <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, so. I know. It's it's been far from ideal, but it's a, at the same time it's been it's been a gift in ways that I think we've got to appreciate as well. What uh, what would you say that you've learned about yourself in lockdown or 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 through this pandemic? Oh, I mean, there's been lots of learning journeys. I mean, I've I've been on lots of journeys with the whole even journey we've been on as a church with. with uh, diversity and learning about racism and learning about uh, you know indigenous siblings and issues and stuff that has been kind of off my radar for most of my life and there's been all kinds of learnings about me as a husband and me as a dad that have been under a microscope over the last year there's been a ton of learning about just what it's like you know one of the interesting things when this first hit I I felt so bad for all the extrovert friends that I have who, uh, you know, suddenly found themselves not being able to be at parties and socialize and feeling like just really like they couldn't, you know, come to life through their extroversion. But as a as an introvert who's married to an introvert, uh, it's been 14 months of not being able to have any alone time. And that's been really, really hard that even just sometimes uh, to, to uh, get in the car and go for a 20 minute drive 
is so life-giving actually and it's not because we're not having lots of fun at home or feeling good about each other but it's just uh the lack of the lack of any of that introvert time uh even on the drive to and from work every day uh, i didn't realize how much that was something that i needed in my life so that's been an interesting learning hmm. yeah kind of the opposite of the aloneness struggle yeah if you're if you're wired that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's dive in. And first of all, um, you know that in the previous eras of the government's reopening during this pandemic, part of how we kind of discerned our church's uh, tack was through soliciting feedback. And so in the summer, in advance of the fall, we did a survey. And then in later fall, in advance of the winter and new year, we did another survey combined with some location-specific town halls to debrief and digest that survey. Well, lately, we did another survey to try to get uh, some people's feedback. And uh, I know our connection department, along with our family ministry, has really been driving it and trying to digest all the details. But just as a high, at a high level, Tom, what would you say, from your perspective, the survey has revealed? Probably each one of them actually has revealed probably one of the most reassuring things that it's revealed is that we still have a church. Um, <laughs> yeah, when, you, when you get hundreds of them back and yeah. you've been taking in, uh, you, you've been experiencing church basically alone or just with your family. You're not sure that there are hundreds still out there, are there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This, this most recent one, I mean, we're now more than a year in and it's the third one we've done. And we have, I think, close to 400 uh, responses as of today. And, uh, you know, that's, that's substantial when you figure not everyone is, is going to engage with it. And probably every survey represents a household. And, you know, those are, those are strong numbers. And I mean, I'll, I, I joke about that a little bit. You, you, it sometimes emotionally does feel like, is, is anyone out there? And I think we've all lived with that. All of the kinds of metrics that, that we've been able to, to, you know, begin to process, do we still have a community have said to us with a, with like a resounding level of engagement. Yeah. There, there are people who care about our church are into what we're doing, have opinions about what we're doing and want to be a part of the conversation about how we move forward. So that, uh, that honestly is, is one of the most encouraging parts about the surveys Um, beyond that. And this will come as a surprise to nobody. um, People have strong opinions. Um, they have, they have, there's a lot of different opinions. Certainly, we've been exposed to all kinds of different ideas about COVID, about the protocols, about how we should and shouldn't be responding as a church. And our church is no exception to that. There, There's a wide range of opinions about what we've been doing, what we should be doing, where do we go from here. And people hold those opinions very strongly. Um, but I would say that a couple of things are true in our community with, with very few exceptions. The vast majority of people have held their opinions with grace, uh, with graciousness and recognizing that this is a complex and tricky thing and um, have, have, have understood that we're navigating something that isn't just a, a simple should we or shouldn't we, that there are a lot of factors to consider. And so most people have been super gracious um, but generally speaking, I mean, I can say that I just, I did just look at the survey again, uh, today. Um, and with, again, with almost 400 people responding, I would say that people, the survey would tell us that people have generally tracked with what we've been doing. There's obviously a, 
a percentage of people who who wish we had responded differently or, or, or would love to see us open as fast as possible. Um, specifically at this point in this third survey, people, it's about a third of people have said pretty much we should, we should get open now as, as much, as much as possible, as soon as possible. And then about two thirds of people have said we should be cautious or maybe just hold off a little bit longer. Um, and that probably tracks with what I would have expected. I think our approach to navigating the pandemic, which has been different from other churches, um, hasn't been easy. But the fact that most of our people have and are tracking with how we've been navigating things is affirming and encouraging. And those who uh, who would feel like it's now time to get going, I totally understand that. I think that we have awakened even in recent months to the fact that there, there are growing, not just preferences, but needs for, for gathering. And, and so the numbers haven't been overly surprising. They've sort of made sense, but it's been good to see that our community is active and engaged and thinking about this and, and, and processing this probably in a pretty healthy way. For, for me, I was quite surprised. To, oh, really? To be totally frank. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you remember we thought back, more people would have wanted to be opening now. Yeah, uh, yeah, back in the summer, you know, we had about a twenty eighty split. Yeah, there was about twenty percent of people that were just eager and desperate to see us reopen, uh, as opposed to stay online and stay cautious and 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 take the tack that we took, which was to kind of surrender the the the, the option to do that in order to make that broader contribution to our society for safety and protection and things like that. We've talked about that before, so I don't want to repeat all mm-hmm. that, but. It was kind of a 20-80 split. And then in the fall, that had grown to like a 30-70 split. Right. And I thought through this last lockdown, especially with the the, the, the variable, and we'll talk about this a lot, but the, the variable of vaccines now, that's a huge game changer. I mean, I expected those numbers to invert. And we mm. were going to see, you know, two-thirds of people say, okay, now is the time. Let's get going. And maybe a, a, a minority that still wanted to be cautious. And, and that still isn't true. Yeah. You know, the, the number of people, if you're listening and you have a let's get going already opinion, uh, there was about a third of you th- through yeah. the survey that uh, that recorded that perspective. And uh, yeah, I, I was surprised with how 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 cautious our, our people still are. And that'll be something that we'll certainly have to have to pay attention to, especially in our expectations around reopening. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think people are feeling like the check is in the mail, so to speak, like it's coming. And it's really a matter of, of I, I don't think it's uh, should we or shouldn't we, it's, it's really people trying to process as a community, is it a matter of weeks or is it a matter of months? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I would just say for listeners who are uh, listening to this podcast in the week of its release, um, what we're going to get into now is going to be a a conversation with Jeff and Tom that uh, will ultimately result in a more formal communique by the end of this week to our entire church about our reopening plan more comprehensively. So this is just... Uh, Tom and I right now kind of kicking the tires about our perspectives in advance of some 
some pretty intensive leadership conversations. So I just want to kind of f- frame how how on the record this this conversation is because it doesn't totally represent the full collaboration of our leadership just yet. But having said that, um, Tom, you know that uh, the provincial government has provided this three staged kind of approach. How would you say you're feeling about that, or how how have we been in our kind of preliminary conversations feeling about? our approach to reopening, especially in light of some of the, some of the survey input that we're, that we're digesting real time. Yeah, I think, I mean, generally I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I mean, personally, like everyone, um, I'm sure there have been decisions that the government has made that we've all thought should have happened differently. And, you know, we all have those. Uh, But generally speaking, I feel like, it represents a desire to get us to reopen, um, but still wants to be cautious and make sure that we don't have any more missteps where we suddenly move too fast and have to move backwards again. And I think that's probably what I'm tracking with the most is a desire to move. You know, when 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 back back in March of 2020, when this all hit us it felt kind of like a light switch. Like we went from fully open to just off and shut and close and don't go anywhere. And I think, I think it's it's wise to recognize that probably bringing the lights back on is a process. It's not a, you know, as of this date, we're going to go from fully closed to fully open. And so I'm tracking with it. I, I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in it. So yeah, and I, I said earlier, uh, I think what I would track with the most is it's 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 kind of sequenced around some vaccination targets. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, and I think from a, a leadership's perspective, I could I could speak on behalf of us at this point to say like we've understood vaccination to be the game changer. The reason we've remained online only and quite restrictive in our our programming in those other eras during the pandemic where things temporarily reopened was to remain protective because there was no other means of protection. Now the vaccination is providing that means of protection. And the fact that that protection now exists in increasing measure, uh, it, it takes the burden of our obligation to play a protective role off of us to some degree. And it allows us to kind of join in with the conversation and with the process of reopening in a way that's different than the previous eras. So, you know, I would say for people listening, wondering whether we're going to take the same approach that we've taken in previous eras, I would say, no, we're anticipating participating along with this reopening process, especially because as you said, you know, the government has laid it out quite cautiously in these Mm -hmm. three week phases that when they apply to churches, uh, they, they still, I I would say are very cautious and, and slow moving. Yeah. Even more cautious than other, other rounds of real, of, of opening things up for us. Yeah. So let, let's talk specifically, and I know when we're talking about reopening, we can be talking about groups meeting in person and outdoors versus indoors and all that. For, for our conversation today, why you're here is to talk specifically about our large group in-person gatherings on Sunday. And so let's, let's just walk through some of 
what this would look like. As we said earlier, the government has provided three stages. Uh, and stage one, the, the protocols for uh, large group worship gatherings are outdoor only. Right. So comment, you know, from like June 14th through the July long weekend, comment on how we're processing that, that stage. Yeah. Uh, through that stage, I mean, we're feeling, we're feeling like uh, we will probably remain online uh, as our primary way of, of gathering um, as opposed to trying to do outdoor, you know, park or, or drive in services um, probably for a number of reasons um, in terms of even our, our buildings. I know that some people even through the survey had said, Hey, I think some of our facilities could have some nice outdoor spaces for gatherings. And that is true in some of our locations. We also have some issues with some of our locations uh, in terms of uh, some of the safety issues that exist because of uh because of the fact that we run a 24 seven homeless shelter at our St. Catherine's location. Um, And we've had other issues even in, in some of our other locations with um, uh, just some of the uncertainties that come from being in a public space and sometimes uh, finding things on the property that are not safe for kids to be running around and stuff. So we, we probably leaned away from primarily meeting outdoors and just sticking with the online service, but we have been chatting a little bit about the possibility of maybe finding some ways to do some stuff outdoors. Um, so that's definitely something that we are eager to, to consider and explore. I think the big shift is when we get into this stage two, because that's when it's actually permitting uh, you know, indoor worship gatherings at that initial uh, restriction of 15%. Right. So when that happens, that stage two allows uh, churches to assemble for worship gatherings at a 15% capacity. How do you imagine Southridge navigating that stage? Well, this is something we've actually been processing uh, for, well, as far back as probably at least December of 2020. We wanted recognizing that for some people, not being able to gather in person was becoming um, extremely challenging to their mental health and that's very understandable and so we've been longing actually for months to be able to provide some kind of in-person version of still wearing masks still distanced you know real skeleton crew uh in-person experience of the online service so basically where you could go to the building be in a room with other people and take in the online service uh with the rest of us um, for a variety of reasons, uh, some protocols and stay-at-home orders and some personal to just our church uh, and some of our locations, we haven't been able to do that. But this is where we would want to be very excited to dive right into that and to facilitate an opportunity for people to be able to come at a 15% capacity, um, probably in all of our locations. I think that's what, what we're leaning towards, uh, to be able to come and if that's something that they're ready for and eager for and, and feeling like there's a sense of need for to be able to come into the building with other people and take in the online service. But again, we, our, our primary gathering mechanism would be the online service. Yeah. And, and I think that's the difference, uh, at least in our preliminary conversations for, for people who are listening in, that's the difference between 
stage two, and then what the province is describing at stage three, where in the provincial literature, it's quite nebulous at this point. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't go from 15% to a specific, like 30%. It it just says larger capacity. Um, And so there hasn't been a lot clarified about that third stage, but I think that that third stage may allow us then to incorporate uh, an increasing degree of in-person elements yeah. where that second stage of 15% will pretty much be just a watch party of sorts. <laughs> and we'll take in the online service together. And that'll be kind of cool, especially for people who have been desperate to be in a, a Sunday morning environment with other people. But, uh, you know, talk a little bit about how you imagine maybe over the summer in that third stage, perhaps evolving some of whether it's first impressions activity or worship or just talk about some of your thinking around those, those things. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's nebulous and there aren't a lot of specifics. And so I, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't say a lot for, for certain because we don't even know, will we be allowed to sing? Will we be allowed to do some of these things? So um, will we, you know, what will be even just the, the issues around like serving coffee or will we be able to linger before and after the service? Those are big questions. Um, but I do think like some, rather than just sitting and watching a one hour video um, to be able to actually have some live hosting, imagine being able to have the spiritual practices being done live and being able to design some experiences that could actually invite people to be much more participatory, like bodily, even if where singing isn't an option uh, maybe we could even have some live hosting, live preaching uh, could even be something that we could consider um, some opportunities for prayer. There could be all kinds of creative things that we could do um, without just exclusively sitting and watching a video. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be stuff that we would hope for. Hopefully we could start to even explore some first impression stuff. Maybe there will be an opportunity to have some, some actual in-person live music uh, but we'll have to follow, again, we will follow the, the the public health guidelines and protocols that are set for us. But we are cautiously optimistic about what might be possible. Well, and, and uh, you know, you mentioned the, the, the online service. This is really something that I'd love to get a bit of your preliminary thinking on because, you know, I hope people can appreciate for us to transition from the space we're in right now delivering this online service to any versions of the space we used to be in and would ultimately like to be in where we're delivering volunteer intensive in-person gatherings at all three of our locations. Like that used to be the full-time work of your department. (laughs) And now producing the online service is the full-time work of your department. And we've had to get our heads around you know, the, the, the degree of like reasonableness of doing mm-hmm. both of those at the same time. So yeah. uh, h- how do you imagine the, the evolution sort of back into more in-person elements and maybe the, the, the flip side being like, what's the future of the online service? Talk about all that. All that. Sure. Well, let me start by saying, I mean, our, the, the team that I work with in our inspiration department, uh, the team that puts together our in-person and our online services, they are, are, are hardworking, talented people who 
um, in this last, however long it's been, 14, 15 months, um, you know, this is, this is a crew that has not shrunk back from the challenge. Um, for those who think that this last year we've been on vacation, I mean, this, this has probably been the most work intensive year, probably in, in, in my 20 plus year ministry career, it's been an incredible amount of work. And so the thought of being able to continue to do this um, and offer in-person gatherings, initially for me, was just like, I, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to hire a ton more people or whatever. As we've been processing it, one of the things, I mean, the other thing that we are very uh, aware of is that it's not like going back to in-person gatherings, just going to be about like putting people back on the schedule in planning center and off to the races we go. Um, in many ways, with this long of a break, and you know, people's lives have changed, and people aren't in the rhythm of of of, of what we used to do. It feels like we're going to have to relaunch a church, or at least a Sunday morning service. Um, it's feeling like we're almost starting from scratch, and we're starting from scratch with knowing that there's tons of great volunteers out there, but we're not really making any assumptions at this point. So. Um, that's the, that's sort of the bad news is we have to continue to run this massive thing. That's been so work intensive this year and start from scratch a little bit with the in-person stuff. Um, as we've been processing it, one of the things that we've recognized is that while we have developed some really good systems for creating this online service, and we are going to have to continue to provide it at least through these phases, because even at 15, 30, whatever percent, we won't be able to serve everyone without the online service. So the online service is going to be a reality probably even into the fall because, uh, you know, whenever we're able to go back to fully in-person gatherings, uh, there's going to be a percentage of people who are going to hang back. And so one of the things that we've recognized is that we, we have some things going for us that we had going for us when we came into the online service, like we already were in the habit of pre-recording our messages every week. And we had already been talking about, and we will continue to film our spiritual practices um, for the, even for ongoing online resources. The challenge then becomes all the other pieces and, you know, to have some hosts come in. Now we're in a bit of a groove where we can have hosts come in. And certainly when we're out of these stay-at-home orders and we can be in the building and access our, our video studio, we can we can do a lot of that work. The biggest challenge, of course, is the ongoing recording of the worship, which is, I won't go into all the detail to describe all the complexities of that, but the audio recording, the video recording, the editing, the mixing and mastering, all of the production that goes into that is... Uh, as systematized as we can get it, it's it's an enormous amount of work. So we're right now brainstorming some ways to be able to make that continue to happen in a way that will be reasonable. What that actually means is that getting back to our in-person gatherings through the summer, we're probably, you know, we, we won't be like full steam ahead by July and August on that. We're going to continue to be investing that a lot into our online services and slowly starting to build some of the in-person stuff. We're, we're going to have a bit of a slower on-ramp to hopefully September. Um, but uh, once we, once we get into that zone where we're running both fully uh, again, I, we, we've thought about some strategies, but I, what I'll just say is that our, our inspiration team is super, super committed to doing whatever it takes within reason to provide high quality experiences for everyone in person and online. And it, it, it may not 
you know, the online services might not be as fully orbed as what they've been over the last 14 months, but we believe we can continue to can, can continue to provide uh, a really good online option for those who don't feel like they can come and join us in person just yet. Yeah, and I think that's a significant comment for for people who are listening to to hear that as we imagine evolving back into increasingly in-person gatherings with increasing in-person elements to those gatherings, uh, we are also trying to figure out how to most effectively and frankly, most efficiently retain a version of an online service that that actually we're, we're sensing right now uh, would be one of the legacies of the pandemic. And it's, it's funny because you and I, uh, being some of the people closest to this, like we have been unapologetically referring to the online service as an option B. Yeah, this is not the way the incarnational life of Jesus, you know, manifests itself, and uh, you know, so much of why we gather is dependent on the relational and the in person and the in the moment, and you know, it's not a a show you watch. And we've been we the two of us have been adamant on that. Yeah, but. But now that we're kind of phasing it out, we've realized, you know what? There have been some benefits. There have. Benefits to people who are away or, or who are isolated or more importantly, who are new and just checking us out. Because there's a tremendous burden to still have to, to cross if you were to check out a Southridge service that the online service reduces. And you can, you can check that out in the comfort and the privacy and even secrecy of your, of your own home. And so now... There's a bunch of values that we're thinking, oh man, like it would be great if we could retain those. And what I'm hearing is that your department is trying to figure out as we resume a greater degree of in-person gathering, we're also going to try to retain that as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, going back to your point, the, uh, I'll say I, I was probably maybe together with you, like Early on, I would have never thought that we would retain any kind of online service legacy. It just felt not what we do. And, and not just not what we do, but to your point, one of the, one of the unique things that is, is frankly why we exist as a church or one of the things that we feel we exist to battle in our world is a virtual approach to faith. This idea that you can go to a service and you can whatever, but your that your faith would be somehow, you know, not this incarnate lived out every single day in like in community in relationship with the poor and the marginalized. Act like we exist to combat the idea of virtual faith, and so the thought of building a virtual community with virtual services and virtual groups and for, in my mind, early on, would have just felt like not only is this a plan B, this it's it's a good stopgap in a season it's, it's that a counter plan yeah yeah but it's it's like okay we're, we're gonna put up with this for a while and and then we're gonna get back to what we really do but you're right we just so people know like we have had people join our church in the last year and a bit it, they've never been in one of our buildings but they are part of southridge and they are into southridge and they are growing we've had, in a relationship. We've had people participate in our online services Participate in our own, yeah. through the yeah. online service. Yeah, yeah. You've seen people on screens that have never been in one of our buildings. And so we have discovered this cool on-ramp that does give people this, this really easy, accessible um, uh, entrance into our church where they can check us out without putting them, making themselves too vulnerable. And so that's a really good thing. I will say my hope would be 
rather than just trying to over time sustain this long-term virtual, I'm going to participate from my home um, approach to church, we will want our online service to drive people as much as possible to join us in person and not just on Sundays, but in, in our community and life groups in volunteering in our anchor causes in, you know, serving in family ministry or all the different ways that what it really means to be the church. So we don't want to propagate virtual church or virtual faith, but um, we do recognize it first of all, as a really cool on ramp. And secondly, we also recognize that there are a million and one reasons why, uh, whether it's for a season or in general, whether because of due to health or disability issues, or you know, say you're a, a, a kid who's going off to university for a few years, but you don't want to feel disconnected from our church, so you could actually use the online service to stay connected to the journey to what we're into, because you know, our church continues to grow and change and sh- be shaped over the years. That to unplug for three or four years, you you can miss stuff. Um, and so we want to provide ways for people who otherwise might not be able to, uh, to be able to stay connected to us as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So getting practical, I know we're out of time here. Um, you know, those listening expect some communication later this week where we're going to start to unveil a little bit of preliminary reopening strategy that. Uh, kind of summarizes based on these three government phases, how we're approaching not just our Sunday gatherings, but but each kind of main component aspect of our ministry, connection, action, family okay. ministry, things like that. Um, and so expect that, you know, expect us to be moving in that direction, you know, through these, these uh, provincial stages. But as we do that, Tom, uh, just any final encouragements or challenges when it comes to this whole journey of reopening? Yeah. Um, my, my biggest encouragement as we enter into this next phase would be let's let's be aware of the opportunities that are in front of us right now and will be in front of us over the coming weeks and months. Um, I think we are heading into a season that is filled with opportunities for us. Uh, at a very personal and relational level, um, we've come through something and we're going to get an incredible opportunity as we start to regather in community to be gracious with each other because we have, have handled things differently. We've had different opinions and we get the opportunity right now to let Christ teach us what it looks like to be a community that is super, super gracious with each other. We want you to be gracious with us as a church. If we haven't handled things the way you wish we would have, we're going to be gracious with you and we got to be gracious with each other. I'll also say that we have the opportunity um, to not just fall back into old patterns, but to take with us some of what we've learned. We've learned over the last year that we don't need to be as dependent on buildings and programs and you know the things that make us comfortable, but we can take personal responsibility for our spiritual health and we can go do the extra work it takes to reach out to people. And I hope that we can actually take us, take that with us and see that as an opportunity to not just, you know, suddenly get lazy and go back to the way maybe we we're a little bit too dependent on programs and uh, things like that in the past. And lastly, I just say the, the opportunity that I'm feeling the most excited about right now is the opportunity for the gospel in this coming season. I mean, we've lived through a season where the, the medical first responders have carried us. They did their job and they've been doing their job and they're continuing to, but we're going to head into a season now where we get to be responders to where people are at and where people are at right now 
if you look around, they're feeling uninspired, they're disconnected, they're inactive, families are struggling, mental illness is a massive challenge. And these are all opportunities for the gospel to move in and bring hope and healing and comfort and joy and purpose into people's lives. And so, uh, you know, the, the harvest is ripe and getting riper. And we're, I'm feeling personally like the kingdom is going to be moving and we want to get on board and get with God to be part of the incredible thing that is ahead of us right now. Awesome. Gang, I hope you're excited. And uh, you realize that this, this really, from our sense, is a light at the end of the tunnel. It is a bit of a process still, but uh, it, it, it's, it's an exciting time to be a community and to be looking to the future as a community. And uh, Tom, thanks so much for joining us today. You bet. Uh, everyone, we're going to see you in uh, seven days time as we keep these kinds of conversations rolling and continue this journey of finding our way together. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Mm-hmm.